from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Nick, what word do you want to get rid of in 2024? What word are you tired of hearing, brother? Mm. Don't answer it now. We'll do this at 1130. So if you got a word that you want to get rid of, that you're done hearing... We're going to have a list for you. Chef has a list for everybody that has uh, that for 2024. Mike Lewis is in for Ursula this week. Of course, Chef is here. Chef, you ready, brother? Oh, yes, sir. Let's get to it. Agree to disagree. Brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. Okay, I want to take a spin on down to uh, Gig Harbor, mm-hmm. where their local YMCA is working to raise $7 million for a new Gig Harbor sports complex. The News Tribune reports that the total cost of the project is about $10.5 million. Gig Harbor kicked in three and a half to purchase the 30-acre property along Harbor Hill Drive. And plans call for full synthetic turf fields with uh, huge lights for at night. But they're not going to be able to start building until they can raise all of the cash G. And I got to ask, because I've had something like this be built uh, in my city of Edmonds. Mm -hmm. Like $10.5 million for essentially sports fields. Mm -hmm. Are, Are we investing too much in youth sports? Nope. I love it. And here's what this combats. It combats this whole thing. As a matter of fact, I was I was talking to yesterday, I had a meeting with some guys, and these are former athletes, and we were talking about uh AAU and select sports, right? And the two of them, both former pro players, decided that this year for basketball. They are not going to have their, I think one of their sons is 10, one of their sons is 9. They are not going to do select sports. I mean, they're going to do sports in the neighborhood. And the benefit of that, there's a lot to be said about that. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you need to go play select. You got to go all these things. You got to go get the rough coach and all those. No, it is taking the fun out of sports. Let me go back to specifically Gig Harbor, what's going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. I love what they're doing because now you're you're making the incentive to stay in your community and in your neighborhood to play sports the way, brother, that it used to be when I was growing up. We played with our friends down the block and we did those things. Today, a lot of kids are living in, let's say, Gig Harbor, but they're on this select team. And so mom and dad is traveling to Seattle three, four times a week um, for practices, and then they got to go for the games. I love the idea, Mike, of being able to stay there. Yes, I'm a proponent of building sports facilities. And yes, I'm a proponent for the same Field of Dreams comment of if you build it, they will come. I love what Gig Harbor's doing. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly in love. I, I'm a big believer in um, uh, in uh, in perfect uh, some being the enemy of progress, mm-hmm. and and I think that one. I don't know why you can't build a field without lights and have a field that operates during daylight hours, and then add in lights when you raise the extra money. But what what they're doing is they've raised forty percent, forty five percent of the money. And now we're going to wait however many more years before a field actually put in the field and then put in the lights. These are not like, but what they're doing is they're waiting until like the dream project happens. Well, just make a field that people can go out and use. Are we the bigger question about are we spending too much on? It's actually kind of an interesting one because the kids do a lot of different things. And G's point, we could have an entire day on the 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 
corrupt nature of select sports and the money making and the way that it drags people. There was a really great book about suburban America called Edge City. It came out. I don't know. It came out in the nineteen nineties. Still, it's still an important book. And they talked about kids not having enough activities without scoreboards attached. Yes. And I and I completely agree with this. And I love the idea, like you know, gee, the reason we are as a country excellent, and we're going to lose this, we're excellent at basketball and not at soccer, is soccer is this middle-class overcoached sport that's primarily pulls players from these select leagues. Basketball still happens at like a pickup level. You can still go out there without coaches, without other people, and learn to be creative and like have a good game without all the rest of the coaching involved. I'm not saying the coaching is important, but but I think that that, I mean, the select thing, Jesus, I can get going on that for a while. The problem, the problem I have with this is how much we spend on youth sports and what we don't spend on other things. Because, gee, I was, I was looking at it this morning at this story, and I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of interesting. They're building a new field. That's great. We just built, uh, Edmonds just rebuilt Civic Field. They spent $13.7 million to put in the turf fields, all the lights. There's a little playground, little petonk area where the old folks, you know, roll the little balls on the lawn. There's a small skate park. They don't even have any seats there. There's no seating for spectators or anything. And I cannot come up with a single thing that cities would ever spend this amount of money on for kids that is not sports. Think about that. What does your city fund for kids that is not sports? Have you ever heard of a million-dollar investment in robotics, a million-dollar investment in theater? Or dance, or any other activity that Libra- kids get involved. Libraries in. might be an exception. I mean, they, they yes, do. Yes, that's they a do great example. Li- you know, might great be an example. Exception. That's a very good point, Chef. And I got to tell you, I personally don't have the experience enough in life mm-hmm. to give you other areas that bring community together, like sports. I haven't yep. seen that. But I always tell you, I've bored you guys with the story. I still remember. When we played that team out of Joliet, it was an all-black team. They went to go play against that all-white team. And I told you the story about after after the baseball game, we sat down and we had pizza, right? And when I was sitting down, this is the first time in my life that I have been talking to a white kid. I've seen white kids on TV, but I've never seen them talk to them in person. And we're talking, and all we were talking about were the cartoons. And I was always, I've told this story on the air, I was fascinated. And I was like, wow, you watch the same cartoons as me? And I bring that topic up because, in my opinion, nothing has broken down barriers, fences, and brought people together like sports has done. Sports has something about it that brings people, and they'd be like, Yo, I had an opportunity to sit with this culture and hang out with this religious background and this person right here. So that's why I am such a huge proponent of sports. And again, in robotics and other things, theater, music, theater, music, dance. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. because I don't have the experience in that. But I have seen, Brother Mike, firsthand what sports does to community. And it's a beautiful thing. 
Well, and also, if you ever, and I, I do a lot of cycling, and sometimes I'll stop because I tend to like, I like watching at skate parks because I just, I was a, mm. I was a mediocre skateboarder as a kid, and then the equipment got better, and then skate parks got sued out of existence in California, then they came back after they prevented lawsuits against them. But I'm watching the group of kids now that gather, and like, like if you go to Judkins Park or someplace like that, and you're completely right. And I, the only way that that skating is going to get ruined is when it becomes a select sport because this happens organically in the neighborhood. People going in there, meeting all kinds of people who are different from them, and they're participating in sports. And I love the way you framed sports being this great place to meet people who are different races, different backgrounds, different en- economic levels. It can be. The problem is that we're so working so hard to engineer it as not that anymore, as making it all pay to play. I hope that they get this field done. I hope they get it done cheaply and don't like yeah. hamstring it by by insisting on a field of dreams when they just need a field that you can play on. I, I hate to hammer this anymore, but just one more thing. Why do kids need professional quality sports facilities like little kids? Right. Because I go to a lot of sporting events now with my son. We go to a lot of different fields and what they play on now. It is nice. And it costs millions, man. I remember uh, playing on grass fields when I was a kid, and that was just fine. G. Scott, Wall Street Journal, handy guide out this morning. How to work and love it into your 80s and beyond. We are seeing this more and more. Obviously, we have we have a president who could be reelected in his 80s. Uh, and we see this on the Supreme Court. We see this in all sectors. of. What do you think about people working into their 80s? I think it's sad. I think that this uh, uh, piggybacks on our consistent conversation that we've had for almost four years on this show and how our senior population is treated in this country. I don't think that you should be working at 80 years old. However, however, we all know (laughs) it's tough right now. We all know the way things are designed and there's somebody that is probably working at 80 and you're like, gee, I have to work. I I don't this fixed income isn't enough. Property taxes have gone up. Whatever the situations are, I just think it's very unfortunate that a 75, 80-year-old has to work. I agree. I mean, I, I actually th- this story is kind of two different things for me. The mm-hmm. the there is that you should I think if somebody is still like fully in charge of their of their faculties, they they can actually do accomplish what the job requires then and and people are not and and hiring managers and owners are not showing some level of ageism when they're hiring only people of a certain age and they're willing to hire older people I actually don't mind that broadly speaking specifically if this is just somebody trying to society has not created any sort of cushioning for someone who is 80 years old and still needs to work to literally to make rent or to buy prescriptions or to get food, that's a problem that that is way deeper than, yes, you should keep working until you're 80. But if you're 80 and you're doing something, if you're, a, if you're let's just use a library thing, if you're, if you're doing something that you enjoy and you still get that sort of like charge out of it, mm-hmm. I think that's great. But, but, but I like, but I agree with you. If it's optional, right? If it's optional. If it's optional. 
Sure. Yeah, I, I, why why are we working in our eighties? I don't think you should be working in your in your eighties. I think the vast majority of people that are working in their eighties are doing it for two reasons: either a, uh, it is necessary to s- sustain their life, or b, they never developed anything or outside the of their court. work life. <laughs> That fulfills them. I, I, I found the, the concept of working a job in my 80s absolutely just horrific. I think that sounds awful. And, of course, it would be the Wall Street Journal that's like, hey, here's how everyone can be happy and work in their 80s. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't I, like this at I all. Don't, I don't know that I agree with that. I think if you're doing something that you dig, if someone was, if I was at 80, year old, 80 years old, and someone said, Mike, you can still be a reporter, because I like <laughs> yeah, being a yeah, reporter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, great. Give it to me. And I wouldn't be able to do as many stories, and I certainly wouldn't be able to do them probably as quickly, although I was never all that quick to begin with. You know, um, I, don't, I don't actually agree. I mean, if you have a job that you just that you do for money or you don't really dig, then you should, if you can get out of sure. it, get out of it. Absolutely. But if you still like it, and it can, remember, there's a really interesting health study about, about senior citizens who go to retirement communities, as opposed to those who just continue living in, say, their neighborhood in Brooklyn or or in Seattle, whatnot. And the health outcomes for people who go to senior living facilities tends to be worse because they get in the... Precipitously worse, yeah. Precipitously worse because they get in the spiral of not, of like, everyone's always talking about what's wrong and all of the... the, Mm. They're not getting challenged anymore. They lose purpose. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a different point. You know, I'm glad you brought that angle up because... I don't want to leave with that taste in my mouth that I brought up about people 75, 80 still working because there is a certain percentage of people, Chef, that are 75, 80 years old that are Mm -hmm. working because, like you said, Mike, they want to. And, you know, I'm I'm not trying to make this a sad story because it's not. It's not trying to be sad. But my dad continued, like, working, you know, and he was a resource officer at a school, at an elementary right. school. And he loved that job, right? That's what he did every morning. Matter of fact, he bragged about his perfect attendance. <laughs> that, knowing you, that does not surprise me at he, all. He bragged about his perfect attendance, and he was going to be done. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and be done here pretty soon. This is it for me. I'm going to be yeah. done. Matter of fact, in March, I'm going to come visit you. And then in the summer when school's over, I'm going to be coming out there a lot. Well, in February, he passed away. Mm. So I think about that. And to all my brothers and sisters that are seniors that are continuing to work, they're like, you know what, G? I still like working. I want to keep doing it. Because I don't think about retirement. I mean, you know, I don't think about like, Hey, I can't. I need to work this long before. I don't have retirement on my mind, Mike, Jeff. Me either. I do. I do. I I don't, man. I'm I'm, going to tell you right now. I'm going to be the person that they're going to say, Hey, you you want to talk to G or you want me to talk to him because he's he's really in the way. Right. I'm going to stay as long as I can. Okay. I'm telling you. All right. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, you chef. You don't want to stay, bro. No, man. I think like uh, I think life should have phases. Life has seasons. Life has phases, and I <laughs> I want to retire and enjoy myself. Yeah. Let me let me squeeze in just one more quick one for a minute. Okay. G. Come on. Scoot over to uh, to Pittsburgh. Okay. There's a man and a wife there. His name is Clayton. Her name is Carrie Law. Mm-hmm. 
And they had just withdrawn $4,000 from their bank account to have a contractor come over and redo their fencing. And when Clayton came home, he found that his golden doodle, his golden doodle had eaten all $4,000, literally chewed up an entire stack of cash. They were able to piece back together about $1,500 of it, took it to the bank. And they said, yeah, if you have the serial number from the front and the back, then, then we'll go ahead and give you the bill. Okay. Now, in order to recover the rest of the cash, mm-hmm. uh, their dog, Cecil, coughed up about another 500 but they spent the next three days with uh, plastic baggies waiting. and gloves waiting, going around the yard, yeah. waiting for the dog, and pulling out little scraps, mm-hmm. and then piecing said scraps together. Yes. That worth it? Yes. I mean... The dog uh, was just making change. Uh, oh, good. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> Mike. You know what? I'm leaving on that one. <laughs> I'm going to let that one... I'm not even going to mess that one up. Mike, brilliant right there. Uh, let's see. Words you want to get rid of in 2024, because there's a list of words that need to be banished. Nick, you came up with yours, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Mike Lewis is in for Ursula. It is the Gene Ursula Show. University in Michigan comes up with a list of words and phrases that need to be phased out in the new year. The folks at Lake Superior State say the following words could and should go away in 2024. Here's a few of them. You guys can text in your list. You can, it could be a word and or phrase. I'm just going to go through a few on there to kind of get started. Cringeworthy. Hack. Impact. At the end of the day, Riz. Slay. Iconic. Obsessed. Side hustle. Wait for it. Those are some of the things on this list. I would love for you guys to, to go ahead and text in. I would say the for phrase or just a quick term, I can't stand side hustle. I, I, like, mm. like when you say side hustle, I think you demean whatever it is that you're doing. I think that you're basically saying, and by the way, I used to use this term, but I don't do it anymore. You're basically saying that whatever it is that you're doing on the side, if you will, it's a hustle and that I'm just doing this to make ends meet when sometimes... You're doing something because you actually like it. Sometimes your second and third job, you can like better than your main job, right? So I don't don't demean it with the side hustle. Doug in Mount Vernon says, like to do away with the word woke. Oh. <laughs> Yo, Doug, me and you both, brother. What do you got, Mike? I, my two are, and they're not on this list, would be one, identity politics. And two, virtue signaling. I don't like either of them, and I don't like them mainly because we apply them in such narrow either either I mean all 
politics, 100%, since politics began, which began the day after humans began, is is identity politics. Yeah. Like like it's it's it is it is such a meaningless term, a, 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 a incredibly meaningless term that that's why everyone uses it all the time because it really doesn't mean anything at all. And I would say the same for virtue signaling. I mean virtue signaling essentially is what the demonstration that you are a person of x sort of feelings or 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 moral or ethical standard, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean so like I guess if you wear a crucifix as jewelry, that's virtue signaling in the same manner that if you, what, <laughs> you know, use the compostable container at work. I mean, these are the these are equivalents now. Take a Christmas like, cut photo with your AR-15. Anything that you yeah. do is somehow vert like like we are who we are, what we're wearing, what we're doing, all of that kind of stuff. Of course, everything we're doing is a form of signaling. Virtue signaling is got to be one of, again, once something transcends from meaning to meaningless, the mm. word I would say the word hero, the word genius. Do you yeah. have you, you you commute literally? Have you seen have you seen the literally? The, have you seen the, if you are in the carpool lane, the number that you call in the yeah. carpool lane in Washington State to turn to to drop dime on someone who was you know one, a single person in the carpool lane? What is that number? It was like a 976 hero. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> hero. You're a hero for ratting out on somebody in the carpool lane? Are you kidding me? Does that word completely lost all of its meaning? Yes, it has. Now, before you go, Chef, mm-hmm. uh, my man Scott in Tacoma brings up one, and I don't know. I, I Maybe it shouldn't make me as mad as it does, but I'd just be like, when I hear someone use it, I'm just like, whatever. Gaslighting. Oh, that's a good one. That one, I'm just like, just put that to bed. You're just trying to sound like everybody else with that. What do you got, Chef? Okay, well, there, there's two from uh, two from my son. Uh, first would be bro, because at the age of seven, he called everyone bro, including like me and his mom. I'm like, I'm not your bro, I'm your dad. <laughs> and I, I, your, son, I am my own dad. I having say, that conversation. If he calls your, if he calls your, your wife bro, yes. I say keep that. Keep that is, that is going it, to be that is going to be comedy yeah, gold. Another one that's yeah, supposed to go away, right? Yeah, that's going to yeah. be comedy gold forever. Okay, another one the kids uh, say all the time, and my son, where did this come from? He says this: "Let's go, let's go." For everything exciting that happens in life, including like pancakes for dinner, it's all "let's go." I don't want to hear that anymore. Wait, 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 wait. What? Matthew says, "Let's go." Yeah, where did that come from? Oh, I, I love your son. I, That's one of my favorites. He says, "Let's go." Yes, constantly, oh, all the time. Yes. Yep. Yep. French toast on the menu. Let's go. Cookies <gasps> oh, after school. Let's go. You've Score got, a goal. Oh, let's go. You've got a kid who's enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dude, Mike. You win. Thank you might won. Totally the opposite no, of chef. Slang when becomes he, annoying when it's overused. When he when he stops saying "Let's go," you're gonna like you're, you're gonna you're gonna make your great chef brands French toast, and he's just gonna eat oh. it silently, and you're gonna start crying inside yeah. and out. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, one more that I, I really want to see go away. Yeah, unity and coming together. Unity and coming together, and I hear this from politicians all of the time. We need to come together as a country. We need to create unity as a country. And I am a parent, right? And when you have two kids are fight that are fighting, and you tell them they need to hug, they don't want to hug. America does not want to hug right now. 
What America needs is respect. What America needs is decency. PRI did a huge poll last year, and they found that Americans did not want unity by an overwhelming margin. But what Americans all agreed on is that we need to speak to each other respectfully. And I think unity comes from respect. But just expecting uh, two different factions Mm. to all of a sudden, like, be in lockstep and unified, that's that's not happening. I just want people to respect each other. Okay. Uh, brother Nick, what you got, man? Well, there was a couple that you mentioned. Riz and Bro were on the list of mine, and I just can't stand those right now. I want them off for this year, but there's a few more. First of all, sorry, not sorry. What, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I think that's one of those terms where you could say nothing, and that would be better than saying Sorry, not sorry. That's, that's basically saying Lies. I, I, I'm going to pretend to care, but psych, I don't really care about anything at all. Nice. And then there's another one. Salty. You're salty. That's also just rubbing it in. That's like that's like saying you're sorry, you know? Yeah. Um, basic. What is what does that mean? Ba- you're basic. You're simple. You know, I, I think that's a little that insulting. And then I think we need to retire um, hitting him with the dab. I think that's getting old, too. Okay, that's good stuff. Uh, 360, I'm going to start coming to some of these here. 360 text in and says, bag, when it's referring to money. Here's why I agree with that. When I hear someone say to me, Mike, hey, man, hey, how you doing? Man, you know, just, man, just got to gotta go get this bag. Anybody, sweeping statement here, anybody says that I got to go get the bag makes no money. <laughs> <laughs> they make no money. Usually, if you're referring to money as the bag, you don't make money. So all you do is telling yourself to me. <laughs> I gotta say, so maybe it's just an age thing. Yeah, I didn't know about the bag as a as a. I, as a, I and it, I hate it when I learn it as it's already being pushed away. Because <laughs> I'm gonna be that dummy saying it after everyone's already abandoned That's it. That's kind I'm of be a alone feature at the party. of our people. Exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> the next time, the next time, Sully. And if Sully, if you're listening right now, this is for you, brother. The next time Sully is on a Friday and he's talking about traffic, you can't unhear this. And Sully goes, Friday light. I, it's like nails on a chalkboard, Sully. Friday light. Get rid of it. And oh, my, my brother Kevin, where did you go here? Right there. Kevin just texted and says, Atmospheric river. Stop it! Stop it! Or or also known as rain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everybody, a lot of people text in with bass. We good? Yeah. Kick that out. Kick kick that out. Bass. Equity. Equity. I cringe when I hear that. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. I know y'all ain't going to believe it. I cringe too. Because, because, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I understand it uh, for sure. A lot of people use it because they're trying to demean it, right? Or virtue signal. Or, or virtue signal. <laughs> but it just sometimes. Oh, Sully was listening. Was he listening? Oh, let me see. What, let me see what Sully said. Oh. <laughs> all right, Sully. Well, come in. We're going to have you on tomorrow. Love you, man. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, coming up next, our, we'll do the text messages and feedback, and then we'll have words to live by. It's Gene Slip.
It is the G and Ursula Show. Mike Lewis is in for us. And by the way, I mentioned Friday Light. And of course, Sully was listening. And so I called Sully. And he says, come on. So, Sully, if you're listening again still, you can still keep the Friday Light because there's some people that text in and they love your Friday Light. That's your jam, bro. So stay with the Friday Light, my man. All right. Let's get to the uh, text messages. Uh, I, I don't see any text messages, but uh, you want to start us off, Chef? I don't see any. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mike there Lewis is, and I'll go. get those for Mike you, Mike. Lu- Brian in Arlington says, Jack described Mike using Star Trek references, and now a G and Ursula are going with food. Mike doesn't there seem you- to be into any of them. Mike, what do you want to be described as? <laughs> I got a name. <laughs> I've got an identity. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, okay. I don't, wait. I would say meatloaf. Who wants to be described as meatloaf? Who on the planet? Secondarily, who wants to be described as meatloaf as an improvement after being described as lasagna? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And again, you do you know want to know what Jack said specifically? But I am apparently the child of Bones, the Doctor on Star Trek, and Spock. That. <laughs> does, that, does that sound to you? Like, I think, I think I, you look more like Captain Picard and, and with, the, with fact, the paint there. And in fact, I think I'd rather be Meatloaf than that. Okay, But we're still way behind what I well, would like to be rated as. Well, first of all, <laughs> listeners, I get it all day. Listeners love when Mike uh, Lewis comes in. So, meatloaf? real quick. Okay, unfair. Wrong. Meatloaf, meatloaf was ruthless. <laughs> Lasagna, ruthless. <laughs> Thank you. Let's just stop. Uh, no, no, you can no, stay, wait, wait, okay, okay, oh, no, I, I, no, I'm gonna throw it to you. This is your chance, Mike. You said you have a name, we know it, and you have an identity. If you were, if someone's tuning in right now and they're like, hey, this is my first time hearing Mike Lewis, how would you describe Mike Lewis? So this is the thing, though. You're you're breaking the cardinal rule of some sort of nickname. You cannot give yourself a nickname. This is why I always <laughs> protested Mamba is Kobe Bryant. He gave himself that nickname. You do not get to give yourself a nickname. It has to be organically from other people. And if it ends up... <laughs> as meatloaf, I will have to accept that as little as I like it. I'm just telling you, there's nothing in that that I find flattering. Nothing at all. Great point, meatloaf. <laughs> but, 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 but people want to know, if, if we had to describe Mike Lewis to our friends, right, what hey, would you tell say? Tell you what, folks, you text him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, yes. I am going to take the dangerous oh. requesting text messages okay. in. We can read them tomorrow. Yes. Okay, here it is. 888-973-5476. I should never, ever have said this. You heard Mike never. say it. No. Give us your description if you had to give a quick pitch really fast of Mike Lewis. We will read these tomorrow. Complete Please. the sentence. Mike Lewis is. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I no longer feel like a guest on this show. Oh, no. I feel oh. triggered. <laughs> oh. Good one. A little gaslit over there. Should we? A little gaslit. Should, how, how, about, how is triggered anyways? Is it, should we get rid of that word? I think that's on the on one of the lists. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, again, please text in your description of Mike Lewis not being a food. How would you describe him? Not hey, being a food. Not being a food. Oh, you can use we, food if you we want. We're going to read this tomorrow. He asked for it. I didn't ask for it. Mike did. 
words and phrases that need to go away in 2024. 425 says, Feel a cold coming on. How about affordable howling or mental health? All right, from 360, the word adversity in any and all sports interviews. Uh, Kevin in the 206 says bandwidth. Uh, I, I like just don't have the bandwidth to deal with that today. Oh, look at this. 253. Thank you. Thank you. We said this off air or we off had a hot mic. Air. Hate it when you thank an employee from a business and they respond, no problem. I was on a long rant about that one right. just a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, Lily in North Mason County says Eminem, Meatloaf Mike. All right. It's time for Words to Live By, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. <laughs> what do you got, Meatloaf? <laughs> You know, I gotta say, I think think words to live by are words to not live by. Let me go with the words to not live by. Magic Mike! My words, I'll actually take that. (laughs) My words to not live by are do not put out in the world a solicitation of find a nickname for me because that was the dumbest thing I've said on air in my time here at Cairo. And so my words to my word, these are my, this is my, another one, another cliche. This is my hill to die on. Oh, man. Well, careful what you wish for, too. I know, right? Brother Nick! Well, a familiar face is shown again to help out on our show. Even though it may have been some time, we always like to know when this old, reliable staple makes his way upon our plate because it's not a routine entree, but the meal is always great. Like, perhaps, a bowl of pasta with some cheese or splashed of sauce or a freshly baked meatloaf with a barbecue and ketchup cloth. <laughs> Dish named Mike Lewis, whom we'd never How? try turning away, even oh. if he does three loads of laundry in one day. Completely <laughs> certain you are going to play the musician meatloaf. Oh. Oh. All right, so we, we we got some we got some before we go. We got some coming in. No. Two five three For says tomorrow. Mike Lewis is refreshing, intelligent, <laughs> and reasoned. Right? Um, Jeff and Bonnie Lake says Mike Lewis is a Hallmark movie. <laughs> so, so wholesome and always so positive. So his nickname is Hallmark. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get over magic, Mike. I, I, I am, I'm, making, I, I'm making lateral shifts here. I'm not necessarily moving ahead, but I'll take... I don't know. Allie in Tacoma yeah, says, Mike Lewis is your favorite childhood uncle. In town for the holiday weekend, everyone lasses the, laughs their butt off and has a wonderful time. That's spot on. That is, that's actually spot on. I know you're a great uncle, Mike. Ernie <laughs> and Kent said, Yeah. He's a Ford pickup truck. Oh, now that one. Consistent. There we go. Get it up. Thank you. Build time. All right. Let's we'll get out of here. Tomorrow, we'll save him. We'll get more. Uh, it's been fun. Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Chef, appreciate you. Brother Nick, my man. The Jack and Spike Show comes in next. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody.